A caucus revolt seems unlikely at this point, but to help us understand what might be going on inside both of the parties right now, I'm joined here in Ottawa by Greg McKechn, a political strategist and a senior vice president with Proof Communications. And in our Toronto studio is Jamie Watt, a specialist in crisis communications and the executive chairman of Navigator. Gentlemen, welcome back to the house. Thank you. Thanks. Jamie, I don't think Andrew Scheer is going to get his caucus revolt uh, inside the Liberal Party, but if you're a Liberal MP, how, do you, how are you feeling right now? Well, I think that's one of the great challenges of politics. Uh, politics, as you know, at the federal and provincial level, team sport, and, and caucuses are like locker rooms, and that's uh, where they gather to get ready to go out and take on the other side. And I think as the Liberals look around their uh, caucus room these days. You know, one of the things you've got to remember is I think, and Greg, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I think about 80% of them don't have their pensions yet. So, you know, they've got their eyes, they they worry about pensions just like any other hardworking Canadian. They've got their eyes on the next election. They want to make sure that this gets put behind them as soon as they can so they can get back to uh, doing what they've got to do to, to win again. Success in politics is often seen as getting elected and getting reelected at least once, that you weren't a fluke. You weren't on somebody's coattails. You didn't just ride in. So I think uh, that's a big part of it. And I think as well, people that have come up through the partisan system, if you've been a party member and been involved, um, a cabinet post is, is kind of the, the, the golden ring. And to have people just decide that they don't want that is hugely surprising to a lot of partisans. But and, you know, and hope springs eternal, right, Greg, for those that, that aren't in the cabinet yet. Every last one of them is sitting there uh, thinking that, you know, just maybe, just maybe they'll get that call. Yeah, well, there's going to be a shuffle this week, probably. So some people will be getting a call because there are some vacancies. But, you know, Greg, you talk about getting reelected, showing you aren't a fluke. The, the leader is a big part of that. The prime minister finally had a formal news conference to respond to the SNC-Lavalin controversy this week. Do you think he did a good enough job on Thursday to move past this? I, depending on the audience, I know that, and and part of this, part of the challenge for this prime minister's office has been communications and managing expectations. So I think there were, you know, the those of us who were raised were raised Catholic may look at the definition of contrition a bit <laughs> different than it doesn't necessarily mean an apology. Um, but I think what's key to this is that uh, I've been told that he spent the day before the press conference working the phones. And that reminds me of another prime minister, Brian Mulroney, mm -hmm. who had a caucus that was incredibly loyal to him. No matter what else happened, that caucus was very loyal to him because he worked the phones and he did personal gestures. And I think that's something that this prime minister has probably realized that he needs to do more of. And I think Wednesday was probably very helpful for him because he got a sense of how caucus felt, what he, what they want. And I'm not sure that they wanted him to completely fall on his sword and apologize. He has apologized to Jody Wilson-Raybould before about some things that were said in the media about her. And um, not condemning those comments. Exactly. And the editorial cartoons. Mm -hmm. And then yet, I, you know, that might not have been good enough and another demand came along or another um, movement or item happened. So I think he probably heard from a lot of caucus members that they're getting a bit fatigued around this. Jamie, do you think he did a good enough job? Well, you know, I, I, I see it a bit differently than Greg. You know, we're, we're a country there where apologies built into our uh, our national psyche. I, I think, frankly, he got um, tangled up in the specifics and some of the uh, uh, technicalities of the apology. I think he, what Canadians would have preferred to hear from is, look, I don't think there's anybody who thinks we've handled this as well as we could have. I didn't get into public life for these things to happen. I regret that it did. 
I'm sorry to Canadians that I let them down, and I'm going to go back to work tomorrow to make sure it never happens again. I think that kind of almost a colloquial, easygoing kind of, which Justin Trudeau could pull off so well, like he's tailor-made for it. I think that uh, that would have been better. I, I wonder, Jamie, if what he did on Thursday, had he done that two weeks ago or three weeks ago, would that have been enough? But it seems like a month into this controversy, it fell a little bit flat. Well, especially when expect. Well, first of all, I think Jerry Butts hit the ball out of the park in his testimony. I think he was no perfect, and uh, I think that uh, if if the prime minister used that as a springboard rather than a trial balloon. Um, he probably would have been better off because after Jerry's testimony, calling a, a news conference at such an early unconventional hour and then not going the full distance, you know, I think that's tough. But from a caucus point of view, I think the bigger question is, generally speaking, to sit in a caucus, you have to believe three things. You have to believe in the party, so you've got to be a liberal or a conservative, whatever. Two, you have to believe in the manifesto or the platform that that particular government ran on. So it's not just enough to be a liberal. You have to believe in and sign on to what Mr. Trudeau put on offer to the Canadian people. And then the third thing is you have to have confidence in your leader. It's very unusual for two people to continue to sit in a caucus after they've expressly said they don't have that confidence. And that's the big part of it. This is unusual. Nothing like this has ever been seen. So I, I do have some criticisms about the PMO and their form of communication up until this point, including the shuffle. That has a lot to do with why they're in the situation they are. A lot of what I perceive the Prime Minister was trying to do was to maintain um, the former Attorney General in caucus. Mm -hmm. First in cabinet, then in caucus. So how does he deal with it now, though, Greg? Because it seems like they're hard to keep, they're harder to kick at this point, kicking them out of caucus. Yeah, I think caucus itself is going to have to be uh, a big part of this. Um, you want to make sure that this stops, this theme of departures is over. Um, and I think... There, there has to be some sort of uh, feeling around caucus. They're the front line. They're the ambassadors. They're the ones that have some name recognition, perhaps not as much as the prime minister, but that's going to help them get a, get reelected. Um, they have to feel important and that they have a stake. I think the other part of it is that the prime minister's office has to be run a little bit differently. That's the message I believe that he's getting from members of caucus. Jamie, on the conservatives, Andrew Scheer rather quickly in this went to the call for a resignation. And despite Jody Wilson-Raybould saying she didn't think a crime was committed in this, his party has repeatedly said the RCMP need to investigate this. So they believe Jody Wilson-Raybould's version of events but disagree with her version that nothing illegal was done here. What do you think of the way they've played it as an opposition? I, I think, you know, they, they succumb to oppositionitis and they overplayed their hand. That's my view. It's not popular, but it is my view. I think they went farther than they they should have gone based on the evidence that was at hand. I think given that, that they, you know, they've picked a lane and they, they're, they're smart to keep prosecuting that lane and hoovering up uh, those Canadians who who believe what they're what they've got on offer? I, I don't think it's going to be as powerful for them as they had once hoped, and I don't think this is going to be as determinative in the election as it uh, as people might have thought at the beginning. I think there's one set of circumstances that could make this more problematic, and that is if it turns out that the prime minister's office has behaved in a similar way uh, numerous times. You know, Canadians are really forgiving uh, for mistakes. What they're not so forgiving about is patterns. Okay. Jamie Watt, Greg McEachern, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you.